Hello, I'm Andy Waterfield and welcome to a special programme about our canals. Here in Hertfordshire we are very lucky because just a short trip into Leighton or Hemel and the Grand Union Canal is on your doorstep. It's a popular destination for walkers, those on hire boat holidays, and it's also home to many residential boaters. But sometimes the canals can be overlooked. I spoke to Bobby Cowling, the editor of Waterways World, one of the country's leading canal and waterways magazines, about what life has been like for those on the canal network during lockdown and what the future holds and perhaps if more people have discovered the canals during this pandemic as a way to relax and escape. So could you tell me, first of all, what's the impact been for the canal community here in the UK of the lockdown? For liverboards, um, they've been, uh, they were, they don't have no option but to stay on the canals and the canals were closed um, effectively to navigation. So um, they were, liverboard boaters were permitted to travel for, to essential services, um, water and things like that, um, but were essentially told to stay in one place and, and stop moving. Um, some of the mooring spots on the network that have restrictions, seven days, two days, all restrictions were, were lifted so people could moor up for as long as possible. So the situation during lockdown is that you would see uh, a few boats perhaps on the move, but they would be liverboards essentially going to get water or or uh, other other services, fuel, etc. Um, whereas recreational boaters were, well, they, basically they were boat owners weren't able to visit their boats if they didn't live aboard. They had to stay in their houses like the rest of the country. So a lot of mar- marinas, um, there was no activity there. You know, they, they were essentially closed. And it's interesting because uh, I'm assuming that the lockdown began at the same time that the typical boating season would begin. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it really, uh, the lockdown couldn't have come at a worse time for the industry, um, particularly high boat. Um, but yeah, just generally, it's, uh, it's, it's had a real devastating effect, I think. And it's interesting because uh, I'm assuming, again, that if you are living aboard your boat, I know a lot of people are continuous cruisers. And so the whole point is they they keep going. So to moor up and stay put for three months goes against everything that they've they've signed up to, really, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Though we, we ran a piece in the magazine uh, on uh, we, we tried to get a uh, perspective of liverboard boaters in lockdown around the country. And actually, most of them were coping very, very well with it. Um, they they felt lucky that they were out in the countryside. Um, they a few, a few difficulties getting supplies, but um, yeah, they were they're, they're quite a stoic bunch anyway. So um, they they did seem to get through it. You know, I think living living on a, in a small space away from people, you know, most of the time um, meant that they were kind of quite well set up for it. So. Um, yeah, they did seem to get through it okay, but I'm sure there were 
many others that struggled as well. So We were all encouraged in the initial stages of that lockdown to go out and get some exercise. And I've been picking up on stories that a lot of people who live near canals were using the towpaths for that exercise more than perhaps they normally would. Yeah. Were there any frictions between people who were using those towpaths for recreation and for people who had been moored up for a long time, feeling that their space was being invaded a little? Yeah, sadly, sadly there was a bit of that. Um, I think maybe um, a few boaters were guilty of taking CRT, um, can, the Canal and River Trust's advice um, a bit too literally. And um, we did hear of uh, a few signs being put up, you know, stay away, more boats, we live here, don't use the, the towpath, which I think most observers felt was a bit over the top. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, they, there were a few frictions, but um, they'll probably, ex- you know, exaggerated a bit. And I wonder whether there'll be a, a whole sort of discovery. People who have always known the canal network has been there, even if it's been right on their doorstep and not really made full use of it. And so this has made them go out and explore. It could be quite a good thing in a way, couldn't it? Well, it could. I mean, the the, the Canal and River Trust, which is the uh, administers most of the, the waterways in uh, in England, and, and uh, Wales, um, they reported that I, I think it was near the Blackburn area, and I think Ilkeston, um, uh, which is in, in Derbyshire, um, there was a you know, as I say, there was a huge, uh, huge uh, influx of people onto the towpaths, and uh, it was very good for the for the the trust because it's a charity, and um, it, uh, it 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 generated awareness for the canals and the Canal and River Trust, so. Yeah, it, in that sense, it was that was one of the chinks of light in a, a rather dark period for the waterways. I think. Now, another quite important part of the the, the canal community are the higher boaters, holiday makers who have a, a week's holiday on on a canal boat, um, and I suppose the holiday companies, the higher companies have had no business in what has been a main part of their season. So have you had any reports of of how that's had an impact on those companies? We did. We, we actually did some uh, research, Waterways World um, magazines. We, um, we, we helped in uh, conducting a survey. And um, yes, the, I mean, the... the Obviously, the effect is is huge. It's uh, it's a a real a real problem. Um, Canal and River Trust and and various other interested parties have been um, petitioning the government for help because I think this sector has been a little overlooked. But I do know that um, that high boats are back uh, running holidays from the fourth, um, and they are booked up <laughs> to the eyeballs. So, so I hear so. Um, at least the kind of season is belatedly getting underway now. But I think, you, you know, there, there will be significant losses. And, I mean, I, I suppose it's going to be a long-term impact, maybe. I mean, in many ways, we're being encouraged by all sorts of restrictions to have holidays this year at home. It's I think that might be an easier way of doing it. Definitely. So we might find possibly that some of the higher boat companies are in for a, a shorter but bumper season just condensed quite quickly into just a few weeks yeah i don't think there's any way that they can it will i mean business is good for their foreseeable and let's hope there's not another lockdown you know and that would disrupt that um i don't know if 
even a bumper season starting in July would would make up for a a, a good season starting in in you know in March or, or, or so. Um, but let's there could be an argument that longer term, you know, people will take canal holidays this year and maybe they'll they'll be repeat business there and we'll see a, a next year a, you know high boating is the, the 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 great staycation you know do you think there's been a, a sort of general increase in people interested in taking waterway holidays with perhaps a, a greater presence of television programs which have been showcasing it to the wider public yeah we've definitely seen that um through magazine sales and uh, just just general, you know, interaction with readers, um, from John Sargent's barging around Britain, um, Tim and Prue's uh, Great Canal Journeys, and um, one of the things we were—I don't know if anybody's seen. Have you seen Robbie Cummins? Um, yes. He—he uh, he was a vlogger, and he, he came came to our attention as a vlogger, and uh, we did a, a feature on him, and um, the BBC picked up on. Him. He's a very kind of personable chap, and uh, yeah, they picked up on on that, and they ran that as a as a, a TV series. And that's didn't done. That was very popular. It's gone to a second series. They've had to delay filming, of course. Um, so yes, the fact that it's uh, it, I, I think it's entered a lot more people's consciousness recently. It's interesting because there are a substantial number of YouTube vlog channels devoted entirely to, to narrow boating and living on, on the waterways. And I know that certainly uh, at least one of them is an occasional contributor to your magazine, Cruising the Cut, isn't he? D- uh, David John. David so John, it, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating that there is a real appetite uh, amongst the general public for this, isn't there? There's an appetite, but it, it makes, um, when you look at those vlogs, it's, it's boating is perfect for a, a vlog because... You're always on a journey. It's kind of slow and you've got the beautiful scenery and it's slow moving. So there's nothing too, you know, um, uh, so you've got that. You can relax. But then there are always <laughs> any livable boats, I will tell you this. There's always a problem. There's always something, you know, there's your bilge pump goes or. So I think it's it's really well made. It, it, all the components are there for something that's really interesting. And uh, the people are curious about boating life anyway. Um, and so to, you know, you, you, you follow these uh, people on YouTube and you do get a real insight and it's always interesting. So I think it's, I think boating is perfect for vlogging actually. Yeah. I can't think of many other things that would work as well. Lifestyle, may, you know, maybe a, a, a camping holiday or a caravan holiday, but it's just not quite the same. There's just a, a quality to it, to, to uh, there's a magic to the waterways and i think that comes through on the on the vlogs i think it's one of those things that's got everything it's got the the you know the picturesque quality that's right, You're right yeah. in fact it's the journey but i wonder also whether people are curious because they think it's some kind of um i don't know dreadful harsh dirty life in terrible living conditions and then a surprise when they look inside these boats and it's anything but isn't it yeah the boats themselves are you know, a lot of them generally they're they're, they're fantastic. Even the even the the secondhand ones, they they're comfortable and and well made. But you know, living in a confined space does bring its challenges. And 
any livable boater will tell you, you know, they may have a lovely boat, but occasionally you, well, fairly regularly, you have to get your hands a bit dirty, you know, get down in the engine room or, um, you know, have, take, get your boat toilet pumped out or, or, you know, these, these, so there is a balance. Yes. You, there is a, a, a very much an aspirational quality to, to, uh, life on the boat, but there are also, um, hardships as well. And, and to see those two, you know, play off together is, I think, what makes um, people interested in living aboard boats. As you're uh, an editor of one of the the leading waterways magazines in in the country, I think you're actually really well placed to get a general view of um, different situations and different debates that are happening within the canal community. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, sometimes you can walk along a towpath and you can be the only person you see for an hour. Other times, especially in the summer, you can go for a walk and you'll notice that the canal is chock-a-block. You know, there's there's boats coming left, right and centre all the time. Uh, do you think it's getting too busy? And is there uh, are there any kind of frictions between those who are residential and holidaymakers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think the frictions are... I think the one area where they're... No, I wouldn't necessarily say... I think maybe saying there's frictions would suggest that the people are at each other's throats. I think the problem... There is a problem area in London um, from a, a higher boater's, re- recreational boater's perspective. Um, it's very... There's so many liverboards in uh, London um, and that's a, largely because of the, the housing crisis. Um, it's... The, People have found that living on a boat, you have your own space, and you you pay far less than you would in a, a you know a a, um, a land based property. So um, I think there's about four thousand five thousand um, people living in boats in the capital, mm. and that wasn't the case. Mm, maybe I mean it's something that's increased exponentially over the last five six years. Um, and it, the, one of the, the consequences of that is that accessing the capital is very dif- uh, is quite difficult now because there's not the the mooring space. I think I think maybe ten years ago you could take your boat through the city and you'd you'd find somewhere to park your boat at the end of the day, and that's not guaranteed now. Um, the Canal and River Trust have got paid for moorings. They've tried to to um, to help, uh, but. I think that's one area where maybe, um, yeah, there is maybe it's very difficult for recreational boaters to uh, access, and they perhaps feel that there should be fewer livable boaters, but they pay their fees, you know, and uh, so it's tricky. You know, you can't go anywhere fast in a boat; it's three miles an hour. Um, so if you have to wait for a, a boat to go through a lock, you know, tie up for half an hour. I don't think most boaters, you know, mind that. And the the other thing is the the, the very popular parts of the network that are well known, um, and there are some very lovely canals that just don't see much traffic at all. So um, the boaters who like solitude and being away from the crowds, which is one of the appeals, they can find you know nice routes. So um, so yeah, I don't think it's a massive problem, Andy. No. 
And certainly, I think three miles an hour, having to to moor up for half an hour, that's part of the appeal, isn't it? I mean, that's the yeah. whole point. You're not there for a race, are you? No, exactly, yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they say of boating that it's the fastest way to slow down. And uh, I, I, I agree with that. I think that's, that's what it is. Now you mentioned earlier on that everybody pays their their fees for accessing uh, the canal. They go that goes to the CRT, doesn't it? the Canal yeah. River Trust? Yeah. I just want to mention uh, the fantastic work that the volunteers for them do because oh, yeah. I've noticed that there's been a, obviously the volunteers have been told not to 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 be present over the last few months, and it's been a real shame to see their absence, hasn't it? It has been. Yeah, I must say one of the things that the Canal and River Trust has done a fantastic job on since it it's since its inception in 2012 is harnessing uh volunteer uh support it's been brilliant and they're they're such good people you know out on the lock keepers and um all, all these various other you know they're not just um not just uh, in running the cab but they're also helping restoring it so yeah the, but the volunteers are are integral now to the waterways and uh I think they're bringing back the locks from the lock keepers uh, or already or will be very soon back in place because they can also manage social distancing at locks. Um, and then uh, over time, hopefully we'll see these people back on the waterways because they make a massive uh, contribution. Now, the, the whole interest in, in our canals in this country is enough to support several monthly magazines. So tell us a bit about Waterways World. Waterways World is Britain's best-selling canal and river magazine since uh, 1972. So, um, we've yeah, we're the long-established long and the most popular. Um, we have, uh, um, it's a monthly, uh, m- monthly publication. Um, we cover all kind of aspects of, of the waterways, the history. Um, we look at boating itself and give technical advice on that. And then we, we look at the waterways, um, mainly mainly from a boat boater's perspective, be that high boating or um, for the boat owner. But we also look at walking and all the various aspects involved in the waterways. You know, it's, 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 I mean, the magazine's called Waterways World, but it is a kind of a world of itself. You know, there's a there's Waterways artists. There's, as I say, there's this rich history that's um, uh, in integral part of the Waterways, and we've got a very good uh, image archive. You know, um, to draw from pictures going back to the the Victorian era. Your offices are up. Uh, up country a little bit, aren't they? Is it Burton on Trent? Yeah, it's Burton. Yes, yes. Uh, now that is a lovely spot. So tell us about the canals around there. Yeah, so we're on the um, on the eastern Trent and Mersey, um, and there, there are quite a few big uh, marinas in that area. So um, it's very popular because there's quite a few uh, routes on our doorstep. Friday Junction is one of the, uh, the the spots that's very close to us, and that's a hugely popular area in summer um i don't know if you've have you heard the the, the phrase gone goozler yes yeah isn't yes. that someone who sits and watch watches the activity go by watches the boats yes um so that's a gone goozler hot spot uh, on a on a warm summer's day you'll find uh the crowds there just watching boats go through puts a bit of pressure on boat owners perhaps um you know to be performing 
in front of a crowd, but I think some some actually like it. I think I don't. Well, it's a chance to show. You know, it's a chance you can get into the lock without crashing into the side, isn't it? It adds a certain amount of pressure, but um, you get used to it in time. I think. And do you have a favourite part of the canal network, somewhere you think is just perfect? There's two, actually. Um, I really like the place called Tardybig, which is on the Worcester and Birmingham Canal. Um, it's near near Bromsgrove. Um, mm-hmm. just, it's a, it's kind of a, a it's a, there's a, it's very lock heavy. So there, it's, I think it's the most locks, biggest concentration of locks in the smallest area in the country. So you, you're going uphill and there's just this, a very, it's, it's just very rural and very serene there. And it's, a, it's just beautiful. Um, and the other place I was really impressed by was a place called Hest Bank on the Lancaster Canal. It's just north of Lancaster. And from the canal, you can actually look over to Morecambe Bay and see the sea so it's got this strange unique atmosphere of being kind of coastal and but also on the canal and it's when I went there which was a couple of years ago it was very very quiet as well so we had this kind of area to ourselves um I've let the secret out of the bag now but yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah Hess Bank was uh lovely um so yeah but I mean I like all waterways um but those two probably are two of my favourite spots. And I think people who haven't discovered them really are missing a treat, aren't they? So it's it's something that everyone can enjoy, even if they're not going to get on a boat just by walking on the towpath. It's, yeah. It, it offers something for everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's it's great walking by the canal because, you you know, you can invariably find, they you know, they take you through towns and villages. So you can invariably plan a, a, a circular route um it's quiet it's flat the towpaths are usually in good condition and um yeah it's 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 a great amenity for everyone